Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmer's Day, December 26th, 2022. Happy Boxing Day to you and yours, and for our friends in Canada, happy President's Day. On the show today, it's our year-end wrap-up of what happened to the Walt Disney Company in 2022. Shouldn't take more than a couple of minutes, right? Right. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that outdoorsy is a great way to describe yourself in polite company when you really mean that you enjoy drinking wine on patios. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? We have entered that time of year where outdoors is something to be endured. Yeah. You rush from the, the house to the car. And then I was embarrassed when Nate and I uh, bought our most recent car because it came with seat heaters, you know, oh. and I'm a hardy New Englander. I don't need this. You know, yeah. the, the, and five minutes later, thing. you're like, oh, I can get used to this. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Roasty toasty buns. It's it, very happy with, uh, to have that feature in the car, especially this time of year. We have the uh, the Floridian version, which is um, air conditioning in the seats. Oh, and that's that's a game changer, Jim. Especially in July in Florida. Yeah, I have made the mistake of getting into cars in Florida with black leather seats during the summer. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I smell bacon. I smell bacon. What is that? There we go. Somebody making okay. veal. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, J.M. Metz, Ashley Spotkill, Jenna Clark, and Nick Clark. And longtime subscribers, L. Herrer, Jason H33, and Nicole Byram. Jim, these are the guests who got locked in at Aunt Polly's late one night on Tom Sawyer Island. They got out the only way they could by tunneling with ice cream spoons left behind by the cast members. In the process, creating the tunnel system known as Ambush Cave. True story. This part of the show, I learn so much. I just, I, I don't know what to say. All right, Jim, let's do the, uh, the news. Folks, the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish Podcast. For a roofy travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, just two brief pieces of news. Uh, one is that Collier River Rapids will close for its annual refurbishment January 9th, and it should open sometime in the spring. Not many people, Jim, want to go on Collier River Rapids in February. Totally understandable. So, uh, so not a big deal there. Mm-hmm. The one that I think is slightly more intriguing is that Big Thunder Mountain is going down for its brief annual maintenance around the same time and should be back up by January 14th. 2023 and jim that's important because splash mountain closes forever yeah the next week and so big thunder is gonna have to be as reliable as it can be to make up for that lost capacity yeah holy cow okay hopefully that uh, hopefully that goes well yeah no surprises (laughs) no double whammy exactly no whammies just get that thing up and running again and i think we were already talking about what's going to happen when tron light cycle run opens yeah i mean the east side of the park is just going to be overly weighted especially with splash being gone and uh, tiana's you know under construction i wonder what that's going to do to big thunder wait times my guess is it should be lower than you'd expect we'll see what happens Cool, cool. All right, Jim, it's time for a couple of quick surveys. Our friend Darren sent in a Disney survey asking guests how much they relied on a travel agent for planning their trip and, Jim, in what areas. So the question uh, that I thought was interesting was this. How did the travel agent help you plan and or book your most recent visit to the Walt Disney World Resort? Please select all that apply. So uh, resort accommodations, special events like tours, seasonal events, dessert parties, recreational activities, and so on. The Disney Park Reservation System, 
dining reservations, flights, airport transfers, theme park tickets, Central Florida transportation, and other. Hmm. And then the next question, what types of services or features did you use in addition to a travel agent while planning your visit to Walt Disney World? So general web page information on an official Disney World Resort website, uh, chat feature, general pages or information on the Disney World app, Disney Reservation Center, Disney Central, or Disney Vacation Club member services, third-party planner or organizer, third-party app or website providing alerts for dining reservations. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, too, because Disney's trying to figure out, I think, how complicated the trip planning process is. Because we've seen that in other surveys, right? And I think the number of things that you check on that first question, like mm-hmm. in what areas did uh, did your travel agent help you book things, right? The more you check there, the wider the gap is between what Disney wants you to do on their own website and the services they can actually do. And in the case of Darren, at least, it's most things. So that's interesting. And the other thing, at least looking at this list of options here, it just think about how wide a net you have to cast these days yeah. to have a decent Walt Disney World vacation experiences. All these information sources or, or you know, all these apps you have to, you know, avail yourself of to, to make sure everything's gonna go smoothly. Yep. I mean just for uh, for Disney, right, there are there are what, two or three different apps. There's the Play Disney Parks app, there's MDE, uh, there's mm-hmm. the merch app, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's a variety of things. And that's just three mm-hmm. apps right there. So yeah. Also, Jim, our friend Jeremy got this survey about Disney technology after mm-hmm. a visit to the studios earlier this month. And Jim, I mentioned this because you and I both know of a story that we can't tell on the air about a certain <laughs> former Disney CEO. Um, yes. But that just might be the reason why this survey went out. <laughs> All right. So here's this the question. Is true. Okay. <laughs> Please rate your overall experience with technology during your visit to Disney's Hollywood Studios on December whatever month. Um, technology includes the My Disney Experience app, Disney Genie, Genie Plus, Individual Lightning Lane, Mobile Order, uh, Merchandise Mobile Checkout, Virtual Queues, Magic Bands, Magic Band Pluses, Play Disney Parks app, and etc. So the uh, options are excellent, very good, good, just okay, and poor. Uh, and then there's a the next question about which of those dis- digital products uh, Jeremy had used and, and added on their memory maker. And for each of those that you said you used, there was a question around if you had any technical issues while using those dis- digital features. And the question went something like this. Did you experience any technical issues while using that digital feature? Um, and your options are, I didn't experience any technical issues. I experienced some technical issues, but I was still able to use the feature for what I wanted. Or I experienced technical issues that prevented use of the, uh, of the feature. And then if you said for a, you had a specific issue, in this case, the response that Jeremy had said that he had an issue with Disney Genie. Um, the question was, what was the issue? The app crashed or closed unexpectedly. It, there were connectivity issues with the Wi-Fi. I got error messages. There was ex- excessive spinner time or slow page loads. The app kept logging me out or other. So that's good. I mean, they're, they're at least uh, counting the number of times that there's an issue on this. That's good. Given, again, I realize you, you've been trying to be positive in 2022, and that's a good thing. I mean, they're counting. That, that's important. Yeah. But at the same time, we, we have been talking about Disney's issues with IT and technology. And it just, I just, I love that they, they seem to finally be collecting this info and becoming aware of, of the problem. You know, now, will they act on the problem? That is the question. The thing for me is, um, 
I use a website all the time. And we've talked mm. before about the cookie problem mm. on the website. But literally every day when I'm on the Disney website, if I click a link going from one Disney page to another, one of a couple of things will happen. In the rare case, the most rare case is that it actually works and I get the page that I, I'm expecting to see. The most of the time, I will either get a 502 bad gateway error, which means like, uh, you know, the, the server got your request for a web page, but then something happened and it couldn't render it. Or the other option is, is I'll get like the header that says Walt Disney World. I'll get the footer, which is all the, you know, the information at the bottom of the page. And I'll just get a spinner in the middle of the page, a big blank area. And so what I end up doing is going into incognito mode and everything works fine there. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I was doing something yesterday where I was trying to look up the, I was trying to look at the differences in amenities between Boulder Ridge and Copper Creek, which you'd think there'd be none, mm-hmm. right? Because they're both DVC at Wilderness Lodge. It turns out there are. But in going back and forth between the pages, I kept getting this series of stitch ate the page errors. <laughs> and, and I was in incognito mode. And I'm like, what? I don't know how to solve this problem. Like all of my years of training have not prepared me for this specific error. It was, it was very strange. So, well, you know, he's a very hungry little blue alien, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I went and, you know, made some hot chocolate and it came back and it was fine. So whatever it was, it resolved itself quickly. So that's good. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, We have time for one quick listener question, Jim. This one's Mm -hmm. from Steve B who says, I went to the magic kingdom yesterday in the middle of the week in early December and the place was jam packed. What sparked the massive interest in Disney parks that seems to have emerged over the past five to seven years? It wasn't that long ago that I got a room at Pop Century for $55 a night on a last minute trip. And I remember purchasing tickets for two adults and one child for $100 total at Disneyland in the early 2000s. Is it social media, more global marketing, or possibly podcasts that have lit the fire under Disney parks? Hmm. Okay. So I, you know, I, I looked at this and the one thing I, I, I did tell Steve is, you know, from 2009 to mm-hmm. February of 2020 was the longest economic expansion in the, mm-hmm. in the United States post-war history. Uh, and mm-hmm. that probably had something to do with it. Now, was that the gains of that economic expansion unevenly distributed, um, you know, between the top 1% and everyone else? Definitely. But I think we can all agree that people had more money at the end of the decade of the 20 at the end uh, in February of 2020 than they did um, in 2009. Mm-hmm. So that has something to do with it. Yeah. But I, I, is it, you know, is it marketing? What is it? Cause it's, it definitely got, got busier. It did. It did. But I, I think uh, there's a couple of things here that there's the famous survey that was done comparing admission to a Disney theme park to Broadway theater tickets, a professional Mm -hmm. sporting event, Mm -hmm. a pass for a ski area. And the company made a decision at that time to chase that number. And if you you look at what's still going on, well, you were just talking about, you know, what your daughter went through for the Taylor Swift tickets. The the one where she called me up afterwards and said, I'd rather have forgiveness than permission. (laughs) There we go. I am concerned about what the the repercussions of what's going on with pricing at Disney is, you know, with five years, 10 years, 15 years down the line. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if you look at what entertain, what a, entertainment costs in all of those other venues we talked about, Broadway, yeah. you know, professional sports and, and ski resorts and that sort of thing, it's all increasing, you know, uh, significantly. And, oh, yeah. I mean, Laurel and I looked at going to see a, a hockey game Mm-hmm. not too long ago. And I think the least expensive ticket that we could find 
on the secondhand market for like a weeknight mm-hmm. game upper deck was like $200 mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. Like, dude, it's yeah. a three hour hockey game. For that kind of money, I could own a minor league franchise. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, right? When we were down for the gingerbread challenge, and, and in fact, we had finished for Saturday. We were mm-hmm. doing our walk around Epcot, and I was trying to use my time productively. And Nancy and I, in fact, had just seen the new Cirque show, Twas the Night. There's a couple of companies of, of that going around the country. I thought, you know, I don't know anybody yet who's seen Drawn to Life. And it was one of these things where it's like, oh, I, I will look at picking up a ticket for that tonight because there were two performances that night. I want to say oh. there was a, a 6 and an 8.30. And you know, when I went to look at a ticket, they started at $85 and they went to 125 What I thought was interesting was there were more tickets available for the 8.30 at, at lower price points on, on a Saturday night, which hmm. just to me seemed kind of counterintuitive. But walking around Epcot made me tired, so we, I just went back <laughs> to, to do Davenport and collapse. But has anybody seen, you know, Drawn to Life? Is it worth paying those prices? All right. So the two questions then to our to our listeners. One uh, is if you have any, any experience with the uh, analysis of the U.S. economy from 2009 to 2020, uh, and mm-hmm. you can help answer Steve's question about mm-hmm. what sparked the massive interest in Disney parks during that time. Uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, if you've seen Drawn to Life, let yeah. us know how it is. Yes. <laughs> so, Somebody's got to have seen it at this point. So I think definitely there's enough fans of French bendy people that someone there has to have seen it. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jim runs down the history of what happened to the Disney company in the year 2022. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's the end of the year. It's time for a quick look back at what happened in terms of theme park or Disney news for 2022. Why don't we start at the beginning? year didn't start off great for Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, January 7th, that park closed due to COVID and only supposed to be closed for a couple of weeks. But that closure extended all the way out to April 20th. And we've since seen 
a couple of closures also with Shanghai Disneyland just in the past month or two, haven't we? Okay. Speaking of things closing, uh, January 10th, we learned that Shrek 4D will be closing at Universal Studios Florida. And we have since learned it's Villain Con, the the Villain Con, right? Lab. It's a it's a means attraction. So uh, I've heard a couple of interesting things about this too. So mm-hmm. you are apparently going to stand mm-hmm. on a conveyor belt and be conveyed through a shooting gallery. But the other interesting thing, Jim, I've heard this, and and tell me if you 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 can confirm this. You're mm-hmm. going to be handed a freestanding sort of like laser blaster that's not connected to anything. That you'll use to shoot targets. And my first question is, how much are these going to go for on eBay on day one when this thing <laughs> opens, right? That was literally my first question. And the person I talked to was says, there are so many sensors built into this thing with alarms. Basically, it's going to be like uh, in a shopping mall if you try and shoplift something. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that alarms will go off and everything. And, and, and so they've already considered that. Did you also see who worked on this attraction, by the way? Uh, no, who? Our buddy, Mr. Shul. I did know that. Yes, I did. Because he had mentioned it after it after got announced. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, he's got his finger on a lot point, of pies. At some point when he's, he's not locked down by an NDA, we're going to have to chat with him about this. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the pin that's going around by our friend uh, Rob Yao that says uh, all of my best work is covered by NDA? It, <laughs> all right. Go. So that's that. That was January. One other thing worth noting for January, of course. On the 14th, uh, we had the Festival of the Arts open up at Epcot, which nobody remembers except for the, the, the what, the hours-long line for people who were desperate to get their hands on the Figment popcorn bucket. God, was that this year? It seems so that long was ago. this year. People forget that it sold out after four days and that people lost their minds and went to eBay and were desperate to get their hands on it. And Disney was eventually able to restock and didn't they actually set up World Showplace as you had to be on the, the Disney Shop app and get an appointment to show up there to get your figment? And they, they had photos of table after table of figments. Was this the one where you needed the, you needed the MDE to make a park reservation? You used the Play Parks app for the queue mm-hmm. and then you had to shop with it using the, the shopping app? Was that the one where you had, you had three different apps or two phones or something like that? There you go. But 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 right. people happily jump through those hoops to get yeah. to get a figment popcorn bucket. So anyway, uh we jump ahead now to March first, and that is when the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser opened its doors. And for a lot of people, this is when they first met Hank Lonely. Yep, that was Hank was there. I was there. It was great. You have from day one been very positive about this on land cruise experience. I remember from your review of it, you, you made a point of mentioning that for that same price point, you could travel to Europe for several, you know, several couple weeks. weeks yeah, a couple of weeks in Europe. I mean, you and I are doing this in, uh, at the end of March, so we'll, we we'll are, have your chance to see it we again. We are. Um, November uh, 22nd, we learned that DVC members are now being offered 30% off on advanced bookings with Galactic Star Cruiser. So I don't know quite how to read that tea leaf. Is it more to the effect of these are our very best customers and let's give them the opportunity to sample Galactic Star Cruiser or is that bookings going into 2023 are soft? I mean, I, I have trouble interpreting that. I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. If We we haven't seen yet a uh, either a price decrease to the general public or a mm-hmm. wider like, if you told me it was a Disney Visa card mm-hmm. holder, 30% mm-hmm. discount. I would yep. say that's as close to a general public 
mm-hmm. discount as you're likely to get on this. DVC yep. members, yeah, it's sort of that sort of in-between area where you're not sure it's just, are we trying to fill out a few more rooms mm-hmm. or, or what? So yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, stepping forward here, March 5th, Disneyland Paris, we have the drone show, Disney D-Light debuts at that resort out ahead of the 30th anniversary celebration. That show, Len, features 200 drones flying above that theme park's castle. And we have seen the documentation. We have seen the patents for the drone show or, you know, that was supposed to be in the United out, States. Out, yeah. out Epcot. And kind of frustrating that, like, they get a drone show and, and we get harmonious. Yeah. Moving forward now, March 15th, Disney Vacation Club announces that it will be building a brand new tower. This one will be located between the Polynesian Village Resort and the Wedding Pavilion. This is kind of in response to Reflections not selling? It is. So if you look at this from the few pieces of concept art that we've seen, Mm -hmm. the look of the initial concept art for the Poly Tower looks very similar. I wouldn't say it's exact, but looks very similar to mm-hmm. what Reflections would have looked like. And my initial comment on this was, it looks like Reflections with palm trees added, right? There's nothing about that structure other than the palm trees that screams Polynesian. Now, you know, there's a million ways you can dress that up. Mm-hmm. So what we see in the concept art, what we get is an end result are going to be completely different. But yeah, to me, to me, this is basically, we didn't get the response that we wanted from Reflections, let's just move this over to uh, uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. At some point in the future, speaking of which, we're going to have to do a a deeper dive on Reflections at Disney Lakeside Lodge because there is so much stuff that they were going to do there that that is just fascinating. But we start on March 7th where Bob Chapek says the Walt Disney Company will not be taking a stand on Florida's Parental Rights in Education Act, a.k.a. Mm. that states don't say gay bill. But Chapek then goes on to say that Disney would try to affect change through the creative content that the company is creating. This did not go well, Len. On March 9th, uh, Mr. Chapek, after a huge backlash from the gay community as well as many creatives in Hollywood, look, the Disney company has always opposed the Parental Rights Act and that he regrets not speaking out more forcefully about this controversial legislation, which, by the way, gets signed in past and signed into law by Governor DeSantis on March 28th and then April 22nd. In what a lot of people see as a direct response to Disney defying the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis signs a bill calling for the dissolution of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which (laughs) I I want to remind folks, in fact, they can go back to hear the masterful job you did of uh, deconstructing why this is never going to happen, folks. I mean, to be fair, there there was a a lot of uh, really smart legal talent backing me up on that uh, with with a variety of experience in in Florida real estate and commercial law. That's all I'm going to say. Was it, I was basically reading somebody else's notes, but yeah, it was. I, I, I get that, but stuff. you wielded the scalpel with such enthusiasm. It, it, it was great fun. Anyway, speaking of great fun, uh, May 4th, uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness comes out. That makes just shy of a billion dollars worldwide. And speaking of Marvel, May 27th, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opens at Epcot. Largest, uh, longest uh, indoor coaster in the world. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, is it $450 million good? Because we had a friend within the company who, who shared that that was the actual cost of changing over the Universe of Energy Pavilion into the, this three-minute-long coaster. I know people who have made specific trips to Epcot and you know burned a day's pass just to do that. And also, Jim, if you look at what they're making in individual Lightning Lake you know, for that, if they're making $50 million a year, and I'm just throwing mm-hmm. a number out there, in individual lightning lane. My guess is half of that rights capacity is, did, is being sold as as ILL. By the way, did I tell you this? That I was, I, I don't think I mentioned this. So here's a little uh, thing. While we were in the Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. um, in between you know recording and stuff, I spent a couple of hours walking around trying to count how many people were using the individual lightning lanes at various rides. So mm-hmm. in the Magic Kingdom, I sat in front of uh, Space Mountain for a while. And it looked like to me, you know, counting the numbers, about half mm-hmm. of the ride's capacity was being used by people who had purchased individual Lightning Lane. And I mm-hmm. tried to exclude there mm-hmm. people who were using DAS passes. And the way mm-hmm. I did that is basically if you had a wheelchair in your party, didn't mm-hmm. count them in in that party. So, so Space Mountain, which is not mm-hmm. the hot new ride in Walt mm-hmm. Disney World as Guardians is, is getting 50% of its ride capacity from people purchasing individual lightning lane. My guess is Guardians is doing at least that. Wow. Okay. You know, I, I, I grabbed a hot dog gym and I sat down and counted. <laughs> so okay. This is what I, this is what I do to relax in the parks. I, I get it. It's it's anecdotal, but but even so, yeah. that that's an interesting number to have. Oh, speaking of May twenty seventh, though, ex- that exact same day, parking lot trams returned to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh. Uh, mind you, the Magic Kingdom it, it got its tram service back the previous year on December twenty first, and we are still waiting for tram service to come back at Epcot and and Disney's Hollywood Studios. If we jump now to the West Coast, May 28th, we began to get uh, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand from the Book of Boba Fett showing up at the Disneyland version of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Is that in the timeline or is there just a continuity break? We are now in the moment where in order to accommodate what Star Wars fans say they want to see in Galaxy's Edge, Disney theme parks are creating story bubbles. So, for example, in that courtyard where the blue milk is served, yeah. this is where you'll typically find uh, Kylo Ren and his stormtroopers. On the other hand, if you're down by the rebel base, this is where you'll find uh, Ray. But okay. in the actual marketplace, that sort of thing, there's a belief that, well, you know, this could potentially be where, uh, you know, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand would turn up. And in fact, just last month, this is also where the Mandalorian and Grogu started appearing. So it's the notion of, okay, this fits this story bubble. But if you're looking for the new trilogies, you, you either need to go to the secret base or, you know, the courtyard by the blue milk. Makes sense. All right, and that's, that's a good way to divide that up and to make everybody happy. Okay, fair. No, no, no. Absolutely. And, and that ultimately is what this is about, appealing to all generations of Star Wars fans. On the other hand, if we head on over to Disney California Adventure on mm-hmm. June 9th, the Spider-Man Stuntronic, which had been dazzling visitors to the Avengers campus, for the first time ever, malfunctioned. And everything worked exactly as it was supposed to. There's a there's a breakaway wall that this figure hit, and they were able to recover it. And I want to say by the very next day, they rebuilt the wall, and the Struntronic was behaving just like it was supposed to. 
but it made for an interesting viral video that for a time people are like, that's a fake. And it's like, no, it's no. (laughs) It takes one disaster to, to prove everything's real. That's fine. It may have been good advertising for Disney in the long run. Because the fact that it failed once shows how hard it must be. And the fact that they get it right most days is more impressive. True, true. Uh, speaking of disasters, uh, Pixar Lightyear. Jesus, <laughs> what a segue, Jim. Go ahead. Oh, well, oh my God. Again, on <laughs> no, paper. No, go ahead. Hey, hey, this is your show. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it should have been a hit. I mean, again, spinoff of the popular uh, you know, Toy Story franchise. Opens in theaters, seriously underperforms. Costs $200 million to make. Only makes $226 million uh, at the worldwide box office. So nobody knows quite what went wrong there because by the way it's a really good movie check it out is it it is it is it, it's surprisingly good film let me ask you this question what did you think of the han solo movie i enjoyed it but i've been following star wars i mean hell i saw star wars the first star wars movie the weekend i graduated from high school i was in at ground zero so my threshold for being entertained by Star Wars is considerably lower than, you know, somebody and more to the point, I also saw it at like a, a $2 matinee late in the run. So it's like I saw, hey, I saw it on a Disney cruise ship, but I thought it was I thought it was above average for, you know, in terms of all movies that I've seen. There we go. So, okay, fair. Alright, so I might, I, the reason I ask is that, uh, you know, every year during uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. I take time to view all the movies in one franchise. Start to finish. So one year, I think we've talked about this. I did James Bond films. Last year, I did all the Avengers films, which actually took a couple of weeks. Um, But this year, I'm looking for a series of films to do. And I might just, uh, I might complete my Pixar films. Okay. Okay. Good good luck with that. Aren't aren't they at this point 26, 27 films in? I mean, I've seen seen a lot of them, but, you know, I don't see see them all. But the ones that I haven't seen. Okay. Like, I haven't seen um, uh, Bugs Life yet. Oh, wow, you missed the number two. Well, again, I but I like that attitude. It's like you treat them like baseball cards. Need it, need it, got it. Exactly. All right. All right. Jumping ahead to June 28th now. This is when Disneyland makes tickets available for the Oogie Boogie Bash, the seasonal hard ticket at California Adventure. And tickets initially went on sale to Magic Key holders. Two days later, uh, they became available to the general public. And Some people, Jim, are still in the, in the uh, online queue. For these tickets, I believe. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for folks because a lot of folks went into, well, I don't have to rush. So last year, three three weeks, and they were still available. In this case, by July 3rd, clean. I'd completely sold out. And the entertainment team at the Disneyland Resort has already revealed that there is a character meet and greet that they are planning for the 2023 Oogie Boogie Bash that they just, again, this is how they describe it. People are going to lose their minds. Great. I have no idea what character that is, but I would anticipate when the Oogie Boogie Bash tickets go on sale this year, given what happened last year, they're going to be sold out in not in three days, but in three hours. So plan accordingly, folks. July 8th of 2023, we get Thor Love and Thunder uh, that makes a, a quarter of a billion worldwide. And then June 14th, 2022, we get the maiden voyage of the Disney Wish, which was originally supposed to depart on June 9th. But hey, you got a grade on a curve. Yeah, I this is uh, I was part of the uh, the group of people who's july cruise got canceled on the wish because they uh, were running late so i still haven't i've been you and i've been on the wish together but i still haven't retaken that that cruise 
Yeah, and and as much fun as the Disney Dish on the Disney Wish event was, I didn't get to see a lot of the ship. No, I think we both agreed we didn't we didn't see the entire ship over yeah. three days. You know, I would love to go back at some point and actually sail on the ship and and see some of the stuff. Anyway, jumping ahead to July twentieth now, uh, Avengers Campus at Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris finally opens. We were just talking about the uh, Spider-Man Stuntronic uh, from the mm-hmm. Anaheim con- campus. And I uh, want to share a story that tells you, you know, a lot about Paris versus California. And in this case, the folks who operate Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris were offered the opportunity to have a stuntronic of their very own that would, you know, perform several times a day, fly over the buildings there. And they looked at how much it, it would cost to buy the figure and maintain it. And then they looked at, you know, it's like, wow, for that, we could get 50 different Marvel Studio character costumes and hire cast members and effectively flood the zone on that side of the park. You know, people could walk in and they'd see dozens of Marvel characters. And for the folks in France, it was a no brainer. It's like that's going to be something that folks remember as opposed to. It's a it's a valid it's a valid uh, decision because, you know, I've talked about this before, the. yeah, there's research that shows that the things, one of the things that people enjoy most about being in the parks is meeting characters. There we go. There so, we go. you know, given the choice between one stuntronic that performs a couple times a day, or to your point, you know, dozens of character interactions, you go yeah. with dozens of character interactions. It's cheaper and makes everybody happier. Okay, we jump ahead now to September 11th, and this is when the D23 Expo was happening at the Anaheim Convention Center, and mm-hmm. Josh Damaro is on stage and says, hey, the Hatbox Ghost is going to show up at Walt Disney World's Haunted Mansion in 2023, and I think, Len, you and I talked about this, I don't know if we did it on a show or, or off air or that sort of thing, but... For the love Look, of God, if, stop adding things to this attraction and go work on something else. Well, more to the point. <laughs> I think I speak for all theme park fans, Jim, when I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the thing that makes me particularly crazy about this one is that 50th anniversary of, of Walt Disney World started in 2021. This figure has existed. In fact, it debuted at Disneyland in May of 2015 as part of the 60th anniversary of that Disney theme park. So yeah. why is it that this couldn't have debuted at Walt Disney World as part of the 50th anniversary? Why suddenly, you know, it's, hey, it's it's year 62. Okay, now. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yes, you know, the uh, the classic 62nd anniversary. There we go, there we go. You know, that, that, if you check, you know, that what is it? Tinfoil gold hatbox ghost right there. You know, hatbox the ghost, exactly, for the 60th yes, all right. <laughs> Jump ahead to September 27th, 28th. Uh, Orlando theme parks closed down due to Hurricane Ian. Nobody enjoys seeing a theme park attraction destroyed by a storm because, it, you know, again, that means the park has to spend money to, to put it back online and all yeah. that. But it was rather amusing to see that Hurricane Ian blew a hole in the side of the Jurassic Park River Adventure. And- well, that's what they claim. <laughs> <laughs> that it was it was hurricane and we all know the truth and that's i'm just gonna right. leave it at that that's right and, and yeah you know there have been random sightings of, of raptors out on international drive but you know again I'm, isn't I'm, it telling though jim that universal then got rid of the leadership of that park <laughs> quietly a few weeks later that, that we will get to that i'm just saying you know the, the, it's there if you want to connect the dots okay uh jumping ahead to october 11th we lost oh. Dame Angela Lansbury, Disney legend, just five days shy of her 97th birthday. 
Uh, October 12th, Genie Plus at Walt Disney World switches from locked in $15 a day pricing to to surge on demand pricing. And I want to say the price now varies between 20 and 25. I think it's 29. 29. Oh, yeah. oh you're killing me. Because it was th- th- Thanksgiving, it was 29. I could be wrong. Okay. October 31st, Shanghai Disneyland closes due to COVID. And I think a lot of us were kind of blown away by the footage that was shot inside the park, which showed it wasn't a question of the park closed. They weren't letting people out. And here's my question. Okay, so if it takes you a few days mm-hmm. to test negative, what do you do for those few days? Like, where do you sleep? I honestly don't know what to tell you, Len. I mean, I we know should do a about, show on this. We have to figure this out. Yeah, the, I mean, I know there's the A B C D plan. For example, for Disneyland, when you know they have an earthquake out there and how people can't leave the park, and so there's there's plans as to you know where we house them, how we feed them, that sort of thing. All right, let's 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 see if we can find this out. Like, what did people do? Yeah, yeah. For the few days, okay. All right, good, good show topic. All right, okay. Anyway, jump ahead to November first, Universal Orlando Resort announces that five attractions in the Universal Studios Florida Kids Zone area will be closing on January 16th to make way for a new set of experiences. Scuttlebutt is, it's a new DreamWorks animation themed land, but we'll we'll continue to chase info on that. November 3rd, sadly, we lose Alice Davis, the wife of of Mark Davis and the woman who designed the costumes for Small World and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at the age of 93. Mm -hmm. A very exact same day, uh, Fantasmic reopens at Disney's Hollywood studio. Uh, Len, have you seen the the new version of the show yet? I have not seen the new version. I'm waiting. I'm trying to get it. I think you and I are heading out to California in March, early March. There we go. There we go. I'm going to try and catch Um, it then. Okay. Jumping ahead to November 11th now, Black Panther Wakanda Forever opens in theaters to date. That film has earned $769 million worldwide. Moving on to November 13th, uh, Blizzard Beach, which had been closed since January 2nd of this year, finally mm-hmm. reopens with some new Frozen-themed elements. Oh, fantastic. Yes, that was good. Chrissy liked that quite a bit. And then... Um, Anything else happened in November? I can't remember. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. November 14th. Following an earnings call that was poorly received by Wall Street, Bob Chapek, through a company-wide memo, announces a hiring freeze uh, at the Walt Disney Company. Also suggests that layoffs are in the work and that tough and uncomfortable decisions are on the horizon. And, oh, Len, they are. They so are. But on November 16th, we find out that the Walt Disney Company is purchasing the 70% complete Global Dream cruise ship, uh, originally budgeted for $1.6 billion, and they picked up that ship for $41 million. Three cents in the dollar. A million dollars, yeah, a million dollars over scrap value. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy to me. Two, we jump ahead two days here, November 18th. Uh, this is when the Mandalorian and Grogu, in fact, we were just talking about them showing up at Disneyland in, in Galaxy's Edge in the marketplace area. And what I find so funny about them doing this, Len, is these characters appearing in Anaheim, they are so popular that Disneyland's entertainment team actually has to go in and adjust the voice levels for the Mandalorian so the guests can hear them over the crowd noise. I mean, so many people turn out and want to see the Mandalorian and Grogu that, you know, it's like Elvis. And the people who are actually interacting with the character can't hear them over the noise. 
But then two days later, we learn Bob Chapek uh, has been let go as Disney CEO and Bob Iger is being reinstated as the head of the mouse house. I still haven't read all of my text messages from that night, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> like I just have a, I just, you know what, Mark is red. I'm done. <laughs> I couldn't get through all of them. I still remember the official Disney press release coming in. And I still tell Nancy, it's like, I, I want to see somebody else publish it first because it's like, this can't be real. This has to be a spoof. Yep. Anyway, jump ahead to November 23rd. Strange World comes out from Disney. Really does not connect with audiences. In fact, the, the last number I saw coming out of Disney was that it's going to lose $175 million uh, for the studio, which is just kind of heartbreaking. And then two days after that, holiday remix version of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind debuts. Len, tried this yet? I have not tried it, but uh, Chrissy went on and said it was uh, it was okay. She she didn't like the um, the medley. There we go. Chrissy and I are in lockstep on this. I mean, it just it's still a wonderful ride, but I, I feel like it took a step down in quality uh, with this holiday mm. remix, and hopefully they'll adjust it for next year. I mean, it's a good attempt to keep, to keep the uh, the attraction new and fresh. No, no, so. no, no, no. I, I get it. And certainly, you know, given what has happened on the West Coast with Mission Breakout and their Halloween programming, uh, Monsters After Dark. I mean, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Just needs to be finessed a little bit. Okay. Just four days after this, this theme park had finally reopened to the public after dealing with COVID-related rest- restrictions, Shanghai Disneyland closes again. Scary stuff going on in China right now. Yeah, I mean, China's just going through a lot right now with their with their COVID policy. I think they've they finally realized they can't do zero COVID. Oh no, 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 no um, absolutely. But yeah, and and so they're going to go through in a span of a few months what mm-hmm. the United States went through in you know a year and a half. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty to watch. Okay, fulfilling what Mister Testa had said months and months earlier. News breaks that Florida lawmakers are now looking to reverse the dissolution of the Reed Creek Improvement District. Now, mind you, have you seen where Governor DeSantis is trying to sell this? It's not a U-turn? This was actually on NPR on Saturday. Did you hear this? No, no. There was an article. And first of all, I listen to NPR. Mm -hmm. I donate to my local NPR station. I cannot believe I didn't get called for this one. Mm -hmm. That's a joke. But but yeah, I mean, I woke up Saturday, Saturday morning. It's like, you know. 6.45 6.45 in the morning or whatever, I'm, I'm making my hot chocolate. Mm. I'm like, why are they why are they talking about Reedy Creek? Is this NPR? Like, or am I listening to a podcast? Like, what? <laughs> and and they're they're going over it. And it's, it's like, yeah, you know, they're not going to be able to run a nuclear power plant. And they're not going to be able to build an airport. Mm. And it's going to be, you know, everything that uh, everything else is going to remain the same. They went, they went into detail about Florida legislators who are undoing this, really wanting to make explicit that Disney will retain not only the authority to issue bonds, but the obligation to pay back the existing bonds. <laughs> like, there's no way that this is going to fall on the taxpayers of the of, of Orange or Osceola counties. Like, there's no way that can happen. They want to make that explicit in the uh, in the bill. So, but at the same time, again, Mr. DeSantis wants to, you know, appear to hang tough here that he won. So, uh, just uh, again, kind of an interesting moment, uh, especially after the midterms. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Iger wants to fight this one. Oh no, 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 no. You know, he's Not got other things all. to worry about. But I think you know part of this is the Florida is Disney's lobbyist in Florida, going back to the Florida legislature legis, legislature and saying, mm-hmm. "We could fight this for years, mm-hmm. and the likelihood is that you will lose." 
right? Nobody wants to be involved in a protracted legal dispute that will cost your Florida taxpayers, you know, tens of millions of dollars and for which you will ultimately not succeed. Yep. Right. And have the the risk of and while that lawsuit is happening, have the risk of you know defaulting on bonds or whatever no, no, you know, happening no, no. Or, or the uncertainty around taxpayers. Because, you know, I mean, Disney, Disney could mm-hmm. run this through the next election cycle mm-hmm. of 2024 yep. and just keep it over the, the heads of Florida voters mm-hmm. until then. And I think the legislature doesn't want that to happen. I don't know. Absolutely. But at the same time, if you remember that, in fact, I, I want to say it was polling done just yesterday with showing DeSantis having a 21 point lead over uh, Donald Trump as, you know, who would be your favored presidential candidate. Yeah. And this was Nominee. among Republican yeah. I mean, voters. It's still early. Yeah. The, uh, the next line on that, uh, I saw the same article. The next line on that was, uh, but Scott Walker had the same uh, lead go. in 2016. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's still early. Jim. No, no, no. It is so <laughs> early. So, Okay, jumping ahead now to December 7th. This is when we learn we have an actual closing date for the Walt Disney World version of Splash Mountain. That's January 23rd of next year. I have to admit, I'm intrigued that we're not hearing any news about the Disneyland version of Splash closing anytime soon and just wondering what that's about. I wonder if they think it'll be less complicated for Disneyland's version somehow. I mean, it is. Maybe they need more time in. It is deeper back in the park. I would imagine it would be so much. You know, and you got the railroad and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what happens there. Okay, we, we already talked about the news breaking about uh, Villain Con Minions, uh, Minions Blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was revealed on December 8th. That exact same day, admission prices to Walt Disney World went up for the second time this year. And this is where they started issuing variable park pricing mm-hmm. based on dates. So prior to this, uh, all four parks in Walt Disney World were the same price mm-hmm. on a given day, and now the Magic Kingdom costs more. Which is something they'd gone back to earlier. We talked about this, uh, so it's not like it's completely new, but yeah. I just wonder the message that sends about uh, Animal Kingdom and the studio. Highest prices for the Magic Kingdom, then it's studios, and then I want to say Epcot and Animal Kingdom, right? right? And the studios is like right behind the Magic Kingdom on Sundays. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's either uh, Epcot and I think it's Epcot and Animal Kingdom then. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, something you alluded to at the top of the show, December 12th, uh, we learned that retirement packages uh, have been offered to many senior members of Universal Creative. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, uh, I want to say you, you actually named a couple of these, these individuals who, who got offered. Dear the Koo, um, and then a couple of other people. Mike yeah. Hightower, I want to say, and I'm blanking the other yep. individual. And as we mentioned at that time, interesting decision, especially out ahead of Epic Universe opening in 2025, which that's coming up a lot faster than you might think, folks. Speaking of things happening a bit faster than anybody had anticipated, uh, just today we learned, uh, that today being December 14th when we're recording our year-end show, Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, revealed that that theme park Super Nintendo World expansion area will be opening to the public on February 17th of 2023. Yeah, I heard heard this date uh, a couple days ago, but uh, I had to keep it quiet. Yeah, okay. Well, what confuses me about that, what didn't we hear that initially the plan was to open it on March 10th? March 10th. Which was Mario M A R. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, you know. I, so I guess I'm confused, or or maybe 
This is the soft opening on February 17th, and, and the Could grand be. opening be. will be on, yeah. on March 10th. And sometime after that, the Super Mario Brothers movie is supposed to hold its post-premiere party down in this land. So, Oh, in the land? Really? I didn't know that. Yep, yep, yep. Well, supposedly, they'll hold the premiere on the upper lot at the AMC Universal City Walk Theater up there. And then after the, the, the film premieres, they'll truck everybody down for the party. So, Oh, um, nice. Okay, we got to get on that list, Len. <laughs> that is an overview of uh, 2022. I know that Mr. Tess and I have missed some things here. Uh, and if there's sure. there's something you, you feel that we should have addressed, uh, please let us know. Uh, but yeah. I, and- We've still got two weeks left in the year, Jim. And, and uh, not for nothing, Woody's uh, Ronda Barbecue hasn't opened yet at Hollywood Studios. So there's oh. always always hope for one more thing. Okay. Well, I, 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 you know, the, the knock wood. All right. Fantastic recap, Jim. That was great. I try. Some of that stuff seems like it was 10 years ago, man. I it say. does. It does. <laughs> some of it seems like, and some of it seems like it was just yesterday. Uh, well, it was actually. <laughs> so. Yeah, some of it was. Some of it was, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome job. Thanks very much. Okay. All right, folks. That's going to do it for the show today. You can help support our show and Jim Hill Media by subscribing over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com, where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. We've just recorded a live show and one in the parks as well, and we've just started an upcoming series on Walt Disney's 300-plus page FBI file. So, again, something to get you through the holidays. On next week's show, we're going to finish up the history of Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. You can find more of Jim at JimHillMedia.com and more of me, Len, at TouringPlans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who'll be premiering his new film, Wrong About the Light, at the 2023 Films of Tomorrow Festival, beginning Friday, February 3rd, at the Fillmore in beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan. While Aaron's doing that, please go onto iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.